Okay, it's news to us live on Adobe Radio. Uh, the turtle and the filibuster. Mitch McConnell is threatening to do what he's already been doing. If the filibuster goes away, he's threatening to uh, make the Senate stop doing things, which is, I mean, that's pretty much all that happened when Mitch McConnell was in charge of the Senate. And then also a growing number of migrant children are coming to the border alone without parents. And this is the first big uh, thing happening with the Biden administration. We'll tell you what's happening there. Uh, There's a lot of people who are upset about this on both sides. We'll uh, tell you why it might not be all Biden's fault. And maybe some of it is. Here we go. It's news to us. Radio. All right, we got a full house. Everybody's here. Jason's back from assignment. He was gone next week or last week. <laughs> yeah, I was on assignment. Chris is here. Katie's well, here. Well, uh, what was the assignment? I was in Tanzania. Oh, yeah. What did you do in Tanzania? I was looking for pirates gold. Okay, and that was related to the show or not? I don't remember. It was. I was on assignment. <laughs> okay. And did you find the gold? I cannot disclose what I found or did not find. Okay. I feel like Jason is saying words he doesn't know the definitions for. <laughs> I know. He's like reading I'm going of- to go look up a dictionary after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who's holding those cue cards and how are you managing to read them? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's see what's happening on social media because there's a lot to get to. Here we go. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. Follow it's news to us on Twitter. Yes. Uh, well, uh, so there's, I thought this is kind of funny. So, well, you know, there's some humor in this, I should say. So during the January 6th U.S. Capitol violence, there was this guy that was, uh, he he entered the the Capitol building and he looks exactly like Rick Moranis, and it's in um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and the FBI tweeted out this photo of this guy that looks exactly like Rick Moranis, and they're trying to find him, and the internet just went crazy about it. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious. You, know what, you can find it's that crazy that Rick Moranis was trending on Twitter two times in the past year. I know when I first saw that Rick Moranis was. It was uh, trending on Twitter. I was like, "Oh no, did he die? Oh God, he got hit. <laughs> he got beat up again. Yeah, he just got. That was you're right. That was the last time Rick Moranis was on Twitter. He got mugged. Yeah, it was like eight months ago. And I was like, "Geez, what does he have? Like, does he have like three? I needs to catch a break. I know. You know how Rick Moranis got in the Capitol? He's the key master. Ah, <laughs> yes. Mm. And <laughs> thank you, Katie." <laughs> Katie liked it. Jason didn't seem to like it. Jason's laughing inside. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at a different tweet. Um, also on social media, people this week were criticizing Joe Biden because he ran up the stairs of Air Force One when he was boarding and he tripped. But then he got back up and he, he ran to the top and saluted. And then, uh, you know, Republicans jumped on this. They're like, oh, the guy can't even walk upstairs. Yeah. But then uh, Donald Trump couldn't even walk down a ramp. <laughs> I know, right? He had to be he had to be escorted while he shuffled his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Took him like forty five minutes. You look like the penguin in Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone, rem- uh, I didn't know this happened, but uh, uh, everyone on the internet was like, "Wait a second! Didn't Mike Pence trip when he walked up the the stairs of Air Force Two? Is that what it's called?" Yeah, uh, um, and he did, and he had he had a worse fall than uh, than Biden actually, and then people. Showed oh yeah, he got up. busted up, didn't he? Yeah, mother was not pleased when that happened. <laughs> he could no longer get on his knees to serve his mother. Ooh, um, excuse me. Ew, ick. His religion <laughs> does not allow that. <laughs> uh, By and- service his mother, he meant pray. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, Katie tweeted a poll. Have you lost a loved one or friend to the far right or Q conspiracies? And Katie, you should tell us about this poll because I know that you're very proud of this one. It was a good question. I mean, it was quite interesting. Um, 70% of our respondents said yes. And only 17% said no. 
and 12% said they might. So that's what, roughly seven out of 10 people? My math. Yeah. Yeah. The first full day of the poll, we didn't have any no's. So I was really surprised. So pretty much everybody has lost someone to a uh, to the far right or a Q conspiracy. How about you yeah. guys here? Have you lost anybody, a, a friend or a family member? I, don't, I haven't lost, but uh, they are actively engaged in that. Yeah, stuff. That, that's the question. You understand the question? Well, come on. <laughs> I feel like when you say lost, that means they're gone forever. From no, I've died. <laughs> I mean, that's just like the way you the shut qu- them away. Oh, I see. I, I think like you little... lost them. Like they're no part of. They're no longer part of your life. I see. That's I see. how I re- I read that. Oh, maybe this could have been a flawed poll. Oh. Is that not how you read it? I read it as you know, just anybody who has gone down the rabbit hole, and you know, maybe they're still part of your life, but you've kind of lost that part of them. That's how I read it. That's not how I read it. Uh, okay. I see I see your perspective on that. Yeah, so fuck you. Stop jumping yeah. to conclusion. <laughs> now I've lost lost a few. Yeah. Same. Have you? Eddie? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Chris? Uh yeah, I've lost uh Yeah. Yeah, I've lost uh someone. Do you guys find it hard to like like even like these people still some days? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, me too. No, I don't know. Not like for the whole day, but just <laughs> sometimes when they open their mouth, it's like, uh Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So like you don't want to interact with them. You just want to be friends on Facebook and mute their uh, thread. I don't even want to see the, I don't even yeah, want to get just, on Facebook just mute them. Part. Yeah, that's the worst part of it all. You just mute them so you don't see anything they post. Oh. Just be a friend. This is why makes- just get just get off of Facebook, all of us. Yeah. Why are we why are we on there anymore? Terrible. Yeah. Um terrible. Terrible platform. Terrible. Gotta go back to MySpace. So all right. Well, uh nearly all of uh President Biden's ambitious legislative goals uh, at the moment uh may not happen because of the filibuster. And that is the subject of Dirty Deets, the filibuster, and why turtles are the biggest threat to the filibuster. The Dirty Deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Well, the filibuster, you're going to be hearing more and more about this because the debate is heating up and for good reason. But uh, first, what is the filibuster, Katie? I mean, this is something that we all learned in in, uh, American history class or civics or whatever. But I don't he, think I learned it there. I remember really? I remember it being top but then sort of zoning out. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't remember it at all. Really? Um, yeah. It definitely came up in civics. Yeah. Well, I, I copied off of you, I feel like. So it's <laughs> we'll cool. see. I'm glad you're no, 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 that school was history. had civics because my school didn't even have civics. So So what is the filibuster? Wow. The filibuster is a simple procedural mechanism that allows the minority party to block legislation from advancing in the Senate. So basically, like right now where we're tied 50-50 in the Senate, um, it makes it we have the tie breaking vote with Kamala Harris. The so Democrats have 51. do. I'm sorry. Sorry. When you say we, I was just saying the Democrats have the tie. The Democrats vote. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Republicans have 50 votes. We have 51. Um, the filibuster makes it so that you actually need 60 votes to pass any legislation through the Senate. So you need two thirds. You need two thirds of the Senate. Um, so it used to be something that was used to keep debate open on a legislative item until the Senate voted to close it. So you would actually have to stand on the Senate floor and talk and debate it. Um, So people would stand on the Senate floor and debate for hours and hours and hours. But eventually they got sick of doing that and they basically just quit doing that. And now it's just basically every bill is just you just need 60 votes to get it through. 
So when so this a simp- was a simple majority can no longer uh, pass a bill like it used to be. Yeah, pretty much. And that's what the critics of the filibuster say is that it's uh, undemocratic because it empowers the minority to block the will of the voters, the American public. Yeah. Um, even Barack Obama in 2018 said, quote, adding the filibuster has made it almost impossible to effectively govern at a time when you have at least one party that is not willing to compromise on issues. And uh, that's what we've seen a lot, especially, you know, during his administration with uh, that was the beginning of the obstruction with Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I feel like in the last 10 years, you really saw the filibuster start becoming more of a thing. I remember senators going on the floor and they would read books. Remember that they'd go for like 20 hours without taking a break. Yeah. Now they're not even doing it. Yeah. Now they don't even do that. They don't even have to do that. They don't even have to earn it. Like they just say, nope. So with, they're a little lazy with it now. And this was all like when when Barack Obama took office, Mitch McConnell and the GOP made a pact. It was like their no compromise pact that Obama would get zero legislation through. And that's when things started getting really bad with the filibuster. The turtle. The turtle is. Yeah. Uh, Moscow Mitch has really abused the the filibuster more than anybody, right? This yeah, guy? I mean, it was pretty bad before, I think. I think it was getting to the point where, I mean, it could have been a questionable thing before, but Mitch McConnell's really abused the privilege. Do you think Newt Gingrich was uh, the, the grandfather of GOP politics now that we're seeing? Did you guys say that? Obstruction. Mm-hmm. I blame Newt Gingrich. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But I mean, we can go I down mean, that as far as the later. filibuster goes. Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House, so he didn't have anything to do with the right. But I just meant politics side. in general. But yeah, yeah, I blame Newt Gingrich. Yeah, me too. And Rush Limbaugh. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, as far as May Moscow, Satan rest his soul. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you know, right now with the with the filibuster still in in uh, in effect. There are a lot of popular policies that uh, Democrats have no chance of passing because of the filibuster, like uh, equal pay, debt-free college, gun violence reform uh, protection or prevention, whatever you want to call it, uh, an increase of minimum wage, universal pre-K, uh, climate issues, like pretty much anything you can think of. It's infrastructure. Not infrastructure. All this stuff is, is not going to Voting happen. rights. Did Literally anything that that helps this country is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And the only reason that Biden was able to get his package, his coronavirus package through was because of reconciliation and we talked about this on a previous show was that he was able to skirt around that because of the budget. Right. Um, so that's the only way that you are able to get legislation passed in the Senate nowadays is reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, the Senate literally does nothing these days because of Mitch McConnell it hasn't done anything. In a the, long only, time. the only time he, uh, the filibuster doesn't work is uh, nominations, right? Yeah. But interesting story that Mitch McConnell actually changed the rules on that to benefit him. When he was Senate Majority Leader, mm. when it came to judge nominations, mm. yeah. So he got rid of the filibuster when it came to to nominations. Yeah, for uh, yeah for, for judges for Kavanaugh and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah. So so how how do we get rid of the the filibuster? What do we do? And should we? And should we? <laughs> How? That's a fair question. I mean, like to me, it sounds like we should, but what are the arguments against it? Like, why, why would we keep it? Because then, I well, guess, well, when the go ahead, I, I read a op-ed in the Washington Post from I think it was Ruth Marcus who was arguing against getting rid of it because you know once it's gone, then assuming one day Republicans retake. Uh, the House and Senate and the presidency, then they'll be able to pass 
whatever they want and uh there won't be any mechanism to to stop them which you know is a valid point but i don't think that it's uh sufficient to argue against eliminating the filibuster because you know we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there for republicans to, to take control of both the house and the senate and the presidency you know, there's no saying when that will happen next. You know, it might not happen for another 10 or 12 years or it more. It just happened. There's though. really. Yeah, but there's no saying when it'll happen next. And, you know, and, and it could and, happen in four years, but it might, you know, it might be. Three or four or more presidential cycles. We don't know. So, we'll see. you know, I to say argue- that we shouldn't be able to get anything done today because of what might possibly happen in the future uh, isn't doesn't work for me. I would argue that if Democrats were able to actually implement their policies and actually make government work for the people, Republicans wouldn't have much of a, a like way to be elected ever again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that is that's what I was going to bring up, too, because also with the uh, uh, a lot like uh, voter uh, reform is yeah. is something that Democrats really need to, to get past to end all of the gerrymandering and all of the, the voter suppression. If they're able to, to get that through because the filibuster is gone, that is going to make it really difficult for a Republican to uh, win office or have a majority in either the house or the Senate, because we know I mean, how bad they cheat. It'll make it hard for them to cheat. Yeah. They, they can't cheat anymore. That's why they're, fi- <laughs> that's really why they're fighting tooth and nail like for the, filibuster to, to stay there is because they know it's like their last lifeblood in my opinion I don't know well so what happened back in 2017 when Republicans were trying to dismantle the Affordable Care Act why didn't Democrats you know use the filibuster I remember then you know watching late like at two in the morning John McCain walk up and do a thumbs down and it was just a majority vote. Like, why wasn't that a two thirds majority? Like, why didn't why didn't Democrats use the filibuster at that point? Like, what happened? Do you guys know? Like, real question. I don't remember, but I don't think it's a two thirds vote. It's a three fifths. You need sixty votes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sixty votes. Yeah. And I think they held enough majority at that time, didn't they? No. Oh no, I know what it was. So not only have the Senate at this point eliminated the filibuster for uh, judicial nominees. They've also eliminated it, eliminated it for something called budget reconciliation, which is like this idea that, you know, passing some sort of budget is too uh, pressing to, to be held up and has to go through. And, uh, you know, if the senators, if their party in power is clever enough, they're often able to kind of wrap in or, or bundle uh, whatever measure they're trying to pass with inside but budget reconciliation. And we talked about that uh, last week. So did they have it tied to the reconciliation vote then? For the repeal of the ACA? Don't quote me, but I believe, yeah, I believe that is, yeah, that's uh, pretty shitty. The mechanism they were using. That's super shitty. Well, it, if the, that's what they did. The the turtle is uh, right now Moscow Mitch, <clears throat> Senate Minority Leader. I just like to point that out. Uh, he is uh, threatening the Democrats right now, saying if you get rid of the filibuster, uh, the Senate is going to just he's going to pull out every stop he can, procedural de- delays to turn the Senate. He says into a one hundred car pileup. If if Democrats, it's already a one, yeah. What are, what are they doing? Like they don't do anything. Basically, more than a hundred percent. He's like, if you if you do what you say, if what you say you're going to do, my threat to you is, I will continue doing what I'm already doing. I, right. I don't. What is that threat? Here he is on the floor. So let me say this very clearly for all ninety nine of my colleagues. Okay. Nobody Don't take serving in this chamber can even begin 
can even begin to imagine what a completely scorched earth Senate would look like. We've already seen it, you dickhead. Yeah. I mean, way to go to be a public servant, you yeah. asshole. I mean, what the what the hell? Like, you're really you're not doing you're not doing anything. A Why would scorched earth? A scorched Senate. earth Senate. Uh, all you're doing is hurting the American people at this point. We need help. We need we need uh, we need progressive things passed that will actually enrich people's lives. And he's saying, "No, I'm going to stop all that. I'm a turtle." If you do this, you'll take away my income. You can't do that. I still prefer to think of him as Stroopy Dog. None of us have served one minute in a Senate that was completely drained of comedy and consent. What? This is an institution that requires unanimous consent to turn the lights on before noon. Now shut up. Now he's trying to be funny. I don't want to hear any more of his BS. Uh, but yeah, Mitch McConnell's saying he's threatening it and uh, his colleagues are not buying it. Uh, Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin, Democrat, Illinois, he shrugged off this threat saying, quote, he, he Mitch McConnell, has already done that. He's proven he can do it and they'll do it again, I assume. Um, you know, he, he yeah, so I don't know. And so, so he's threatening to just not do anything. Mitch McConnell. What's new? <laughs> yeah. Can that man fucking like retire? Right. His his threat is always like, I I'll just not do anything. Like we elect you assholes to do things. Yeah, they haven't. He hasn't done anything for a while except for the people that line his pockets. It's an it's an assault on Americans and American democracy, really. I won't do anything. I'm just not going to do my job. Screw you. Like I said, I blame Newt Gingrich for all of this. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I'm with Jason on that. Thank you. I blame him, too. Yeah, it really goes back to Dick Gingrich. It all started going downhill. Mitch, M- Mitch McConnell also said that uh, if the filibuster goes away, he said, it'll be a hellscape for Democrats. As soon as Republicans take back the majority in the Senate, We'll ram through policy deeply opposed to Democrats like defunding Planned Parenthood, losing the gun restrictions, and expanding anti-abortion legislation. Hellscape and sports <laughs> Do you think McConnell just run at Mad Max Fury Road like <laughs> before he wrote that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, like there will be I, bleached albinos <laughs> playing bass uh, guitar. Uh, they'll be spraying chrome into each yeah. other's mouths. And I, I might even bleach my asshole. <laughs> it might get so bad. I think once people in red states actually had like access to things like Planned Parenthood. <laughs> and abortions and you know things like that and like actual health care at oh. a decent price yeah. on the exchanges in Medicaid um, I, don't, I mean I don't think they'd have a chance ever again but it's going to be a hellscape I'm telling you Brokeback yeah. Mountain playing at every cinema <laughs> that's what's going to happen that's Wait, what, the, what? that's what the Democrats want oh yeah, I wasn't following you there. That's, but a, that's, right. a, that's a Republican. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to its news to us. So a growing number of migrants are arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border and uh, many are seeking asylum. But the government's not prepared for the huge influx of children. And uh, the Biden administration is coming under fire. Fire. We'll talk about it right now. Second part of Dirty Deeds. The Dirty Deeds. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Yeah, so... U.S. Border Patrol uh, yeah. uh, have said that they've detained over 11,000 uh, minors who were by themselves trying to cross the border illegally in the first three weeks of March alone. Illegally. Illegally. They're trying to cross the border. I think it's like four or 500 kids a day they're detaining currently. 
that are trying to cross the border without their mothers and fathers. Yeah, and these uh, border patrol agents are they're saying they're doing the best the best they can to keep up with these kids, but they're not equipped to keep up for to care for all these kids. And uh, coincidentally, you know, the Trump administration dramatically reduced the size of the uh, shelter systems that houses the kids at the border. So and just threw them all in cages. Yeah, right. No, they, they they closed the border completely. They didn't even allow them to come back. A lot of times they just said no and sent them back children by themselves back to Mexico, like to God knows what. Yeah. It, it's a horrible situation no matter how you look at it. But I mean, this is a situation that is really not a shock because it's happened under every uh, president since Obama, this this horrible situation at the border. But I, I, I feel like uh, Biden sort of inherited an even worse situation than Trump because Trump went in there and kind of dismantled all of the uh, progress that was being made and just said, no, we're not going to do anything. He had a very inhumane approach to it and said, nobody comes in. Uh, we're going to separate the kids from the, the parents. That way that deters people from coming through. And, uh, you know, now we have people who are trying to come to the United States and uh, Biden is is kind of uh, laxing some of the rules that the Trump administration had. And we are looking at uh, I would call this a transition period. The, the Biden administration has to figure out what it's going to do. But right now it's a bit of a mess. That's a huge mess. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're doing the best they can. I don't know what else. I mean, I kind of saw it coming. I don't know what people really expected to happen, right? Like, I think as soon as Trump was out of office and we elected a Democratic president, like, we knew this was going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, there was going to be a flood at the border. So, I mean, yeah, what I'm surprised yeah. by is the number of unaccompanied minors. Like, I mean, well, and I think the thing that really gets me, like, we knew this was going to be a problem. We knew that the Trump administration was not dis the disclosing information to the incoming Biden administration. Like, there was no cooperation. Like, we know that. Uh, so, the Biden administration, they came in blind on a lot of things. The COVID vaccines roll out like they they didn't really know what was going on there. Uh, the border crisis like this has been an ongoing issue for four or five years now because of Trump. But my point and the thing that really kind of strikes me as as kind of just questionable is the fact that the Biden administration is is I'm not saying hiding, but they're not being as transparent as I think they should be in this process. And I think they're getting better with it now. But they were they were trying to keep it close to the vest on this. And I think that was the problem. Well, what kind of chaps my ass is like, what amount of these, how many of these people were just shoved on the other side of the border in those camps and Trump just left them there waiting, you know, so the, Trump left this problem sitting there. So this was a Republican made problem sitting on the other side of the border. There's thousands of them just sitting in Mexico, waiting for God knows what, living it out of tents and squalor for years now. And this problem was left there. And now there's Republicans down there at the border every day holding press conferences saying this is Biden's fault. When how is this Biden's fault? I mean, there's like a deeper issue with immigration. You know, Obama, they were trying to... Uh, give aid to most of these like uh, Central American nations that uh, we were giving them money basically to try to, to stay away. Yeah. Well, that's stay away. That was like, actually to build when, up their economy. When, so people didn't want to leave it. Yeah. When, it when Biden was campaigning, he promised to invest $4 billion in his first term to address the root causes of immigration. And that includes uh, programs in Central American countries to reduce and prevent violence, help farmers set up irrigation systems or change crops and create economic opportunities. That to me is Four the best billion solution. Is pocket change these days. I know that's really a yeah. one point nine trillion dollar relief package domestically. Well, I mean, four billion dollars doesn't go as far as it used to. 
This is aid that the Obama administration used to give these countries, and, and it worked. It helped. And Trump cut it off. Yeah, I mean, because why are we paying other countries? We got to be giving this money. It's our money. We're Americans. Oh, wait. Now people want to come here because we're not spending that money. Like, it's all stupid. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of people would argue uh, it's not our, like, it, it shouldn't be our problem. But, I mean, it is. It becomes our problem. It clearly, it's a problem right now and, like, get to the root cause. I mean, what, the people at the border is, uh, it's the symptom of what of uh, the the real issue, you know. But why? So then you go back to uh, to why those countries are in the shape that they're in, and you can trace that back to war on drugs and Reagan and Republican uh, policies from the eighties, right? And then, like, then they blame Biden. So like we've created this issue. Like this is American made. Oh, and we funded right wing rebels directly through the CIA by selling Iran weapons reagan actually came into power because he made a secret deal with iran to release the hostages so yeah. iran held on to the hostages until reagan was in office that was part of the deal iran so in Trump theory the hostages uh could have got out and bill barr was part reagan of that came to power that Bill was, Barr was a part of that. Bill Barr, yeah, they, they really? issued uh, pardons back in Christmas of like 94 when uh, Bush Sr. was about to leave office. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, 92. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a problem that you cannot pin on Biden. You really can't. And, of course, Republicans are saying this. Uh, Ted Cruz is all over this right now, of course, uh, in Texas. Uh, he's uh, the senator, and uh, he's saying that the American people must see what's happening at the border. And my wife is ugly, I know, but it's okay because Trump said it. <laughs> uh, and he's requesting that uh, members of the media be allowed to join us. And but uh, we have to go to the border now. Now, now, uh, Ted Cruz is demanding that the me- the media sees the border. Remember when? Uh, the the stories first came out that there were children in cages in the, at the border. Uh, Republicans were not allowing reporters to go look at that. Uh, the, the Trump administration were blocking all reporters. But now uh, Ted Cruz is saying, yeah, let's bring in reporters. Now I'm all about the media. Let's go to the border. Come on, guys. Yep. Uh, just It's shameless. It really is. It's so shameless. The hypocrisy never ends with these assholes. But I don't know if you guys were president and say you had a long time to address and fix this issue, because I don't think four years is long enough because uh, we haven't seen this uh, problem be solved in one administration, whether it be Republican or Democrat. Uh, I mean, this is like an issue that needs like a decade or two to be worked out. Don't you think like, what do you guys think? How would you address it over time? I mean, it took 40 years to put us where we are now. So. Okay, that's not the question. I mean, How if, would you fix it? If we don't have some bipartisan work done, it's never going to get solved because if we just keep going back and forth between Republican and Democratic presidents, it's never going to, you know, we're going to keep switching back and forth between policies. Like, we have to come up with some in between answers that really serve our country and serve the greater good of the worldwide population. Because I mean, but that's just not what Republicans are for. I mean, Hey, what's the, so, so, you know, you're saying, what would we do? Like if we had the opportunity to be in power, like what would you do to the end immigration or, or to stop, you know, what's happening? Like, what's wrong with immigration? I would slow down entry into the United States and bump up aid. Right, but why can't we allow people into our country? We can allow so many people into our country, but... but why so many? I mean, we've, we have to cap it at some why? point. Do you, because do, if do we know, just do let know, them Do you know how many people want to leave this country, though? Like, if... 
Here's the problem. Make it easier to leave the United States, I feel like, because okay. why are we so then it would have to be, But then it would have to be easier to get into other countries because people yeah, would want to leave if, the United States. Well, I want to leave here, but, and you know how hard it is? I, I can't leave too, here. And it's ridiculously hard. <laughs> I, I, I mean, would what is it on this. What is the problem with allowing people into the country? There's nothing. I don't care. Like, I, I think anybody should be able to come here. I really have no problem with it, and I feel like it should be an open border. I feel like all of the North America border, Canada, Mexico, United States, I know there's a lot of crime. They say drug lords and blah, blah, blah. At some point, you're going to have too many, right? At some point, you're going to have too many workers to support the economy. I don't know about that because the United States is really underdeveloped. But there is a fine line that you draw there. Like at some point, if we let every person from other countries into the United States just come in freely that wanted to come in, there would be an overwhelming amount of workers. That I don't, are paying taxes. That that assumes no, that a lot of people be enough jobs. That assumes that a lot and of if people there's not wanted, enough jobs, then, then a they good will deal go back of them. to their country. Right. But you that, don't give aid to someone who's no, not a legal citizen. But then we have people living in squalor on the streets and not, you know, they still, they still. That's when you deport them. Are a weight on society. <laughs> That's when you deport them. That still costs us money. So, but we'll have more money incoming for all the taxes of people working here that were. I I don't know. People who come across the border want to work and they do work. The people who aren't aren't working aren't working for other reasons that are unrelated. I I agree 100%. But like I said, like there is there is a line in the economy where we can only support so much work. There's no line. The people that are coming can support a lot more than we do. The people that are coming here, if we revamped our aid and what we were doing in their home countries, I think they would choose not to leave their homes. They would rather, much rather live in their homes. Absolutely. And have a chance of having some sort of prosperity. Which is why I would bump up aid more. Katie, I, I don't... Both ways. I don't think you're incorrect. There is a point where the economy is going to... The labor market is going to dilute and it's going to have major uh, ripple effects. But at that point, those ripple effects go both ways. If the United States doesn't have any more jobs, people are going to stop coming over. And if the people already on the side of the fence can't find work, they're inclined to head back. They'll head home. And if you do have people... Living in, in squalor. True, because are they coming here because of jobs or are they coming here because of safety? It both? probably cuts both ways, but uh, I, I, yeah, if you do I, have I, a, a humanitarian situation here in the United States, I would rather have it happening here in the United States, where the United States is in a better position to address it than on the other side of the world, where we can pretend it doesn't exist. Don't you guys think though that having country. an influx of workers would uh, would positively impact the oligarchs if they could pay less for labor? So why are they I not mean, allowing no, all gotta, this influx we would have of to labor? Address that, See, and that's another problem is then it also drives down the cost of work, and we already have a major issue with that in our country. But, but, but why? But of, why, of, why are I these rich Republicans, Republicans? A lot of Republicans are against. Uh, immigrants coming over illegally, but then they turn around and they hire the same people because they can pay them cash. Yeah, they hire and, and, and pay them under the table without dealing with anything. I and I think you did nail on the head family. because yeah. the more so documented that, workers problem. they are, there are the more that these big corporations are going to have to pay out, or like even small business owners or whatever. But if they come in here legally, they can work legally. That means they're paying taxes. But right now, when they come over here illegally and they get through, a lot of these folks are finding jobs with Republican rich folks, and I'm stereotyping right now, that are paying them under the table and they are not paying taxes on that income. Eddie, I think you're right that there would be a depressing impact on the labor market, but who knows? Maybe that'll just uh, give the union movement the uh, 
jumpstart that it needs to to take back its uh, position that it once held in this country of of uh, expansion and and uh, having some voice in in the economy and labor affairs. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a compelling enough reason not to let people in. And at the only, at the end of the day, the you're, it's obvious we're not going to be able to stop people from coming into this country at the southern border if they're determined to do it. They've proven that already. And so if you don't want people coming in over the fence, you got to open the door so we can process people. And that way you can redeploy Border Patrol. And you'll know that anybody who's still coming in over the fence are really people you don't want to have in this country. Yes. That makes better sense uh, to me because if we're processing the people, it'd be like, you know, put them on short visas. You're, you're you're processing open doors. You have three months here and we're going to see what you're doing. And if you're not doing what you said you're going to be doing, or if you're up to no good, you're out of here. We will come and we will find you. But if you're contributing to society, maybe you started a small business. Maybe you're like, you are uh, working hard. You're contributing to taxes. You're, you're not harming anybody. What's, the problem in that that's what america is it's a it's a country of yeah. immigrants our i mean we champion that all the time right like we're the land of immigrants but no borders are closed only if your skin is white you know when <laughs> feminism first uh started to gain a lot of traction in the 70s and women started to enter the workforce in mass the fact is that over four decades or four decades plus or whatever effectively the labor market in the United States has doubled has doubled because half of the adult population was not employed and now that half is in the labor market so and underpaid, and underpaid. Uh, the reason that you have to have both parents working in a situation is that because each individual is making about half as much as that uh, man was making in the 70s, that, you know, adjusted for inflation. Point being that that you take the bad with the good. It was a necessary evil in order to correct an inherent injustice. I, I don't know of, if I correlate those two, though. I, I see your point, and that's an interesting uh, perspective on that but i feel like uh corporations haven't kept up with the cost of living and fair pay because they haven't been pressed to you have you know like amazon and too mandated to i don't no, know i don't think it has anything to do they with men paid, and women they being paid so they haven't been pressed to these yeah, corporations they, are, their, they lobby this shit they're so getting they away with highway robbery like you have uh, like walmart paying minimum wage to the workers and then uh subsidizing those costs through uh, different uh, social programs like me- like Medicare and food stamps and all that. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, you know the the people at the top of the Walmart Corporation are multi billionaires. There's a, there's yeah. a, a big flaw in just the way that the economic system is laid out that I think has nothing to do with women no entering the it. workforce. Which well, if we fixed our economic system, maybe immigration wouldn't be such a huge problem. You know. And I feel like our generation, maybe, you know, maybe I'm being an optimist here, but we all kind of share the same views, at least in my social circle. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, well, we share the same social circle. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it's a multifaceted. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things we can fix. And if we got rid of that fucking filibuster, maybe we could do something. Well, we got rid of the orange turd, and that was a big accomplishment. So, (laughs) we flushed the turd. That was huge. We hope this is a good. Remember when John Boehner was the biggest orange asshole in Washington, and he used to smoke cigarettes with Obama all the time. Bad, yeah. He like still talked to Obama and tried to work with him. Still, like they used to have smoke sessions. Yeah, the Nicorette and Merlot meetings. Now it's like the turtle won't even do it. Like he just goes into his shell. Then, yeah, there's no way he would ever. Hang it's out. It's multi million dollar shell. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. It's news to us. Uh, uh, we were just uh, talking off the air about uh, Jason potentially running for president. And uh, <laughs> I thought that a great 
song for his campaign. You know how candidates always they have to pick out like a classic rock song to like go on the trail with before they take the stage. I think uh, under pressure, the the uh, collab between yeah. Bowie and Queen would be a great one. That's a good one. Yeah. How can you not argue with that? Right. But, but but do you think that it means like I I can't handle the pressure? I'm under pressure. Ooh, all I feel is pressure. Do you want your candidate to be cool, calm, and collected, or feeling like he's under pressure and can't take it? No, I think I think your candidate would be real there. Yeah, so like under pressure. things are hot. Big job, yeah. lot of stuff. Bam, 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 but I'm not gonna fuck around here. That would be a good one. I like it. You could moonwalk onto the stage. Before we wrap up. The spirit of knowing what this world is about. My cheeks of good friends. Let me out. Let me out. (laughs) I don't want this job anymore. (laughs) Uh, before we wrap up some bartenders on Reddit, they got together and they all pulled in, uh, you know, like I, I, when I was a, a, a barista at Starbucks, I could pretty much pinpoint the type of person that would order a, a certain type of coffee. You know, you come in and you get a black coffee, you're a businessman or you're a hipster. You come in and you get a, a caramel frappuccino, you're a teenager or a, uh, most likely, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, bartenders. Wait, 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 wait. What about a douchebag? What does a douchebag get for Car- coffee? Caramel frappuccino. What's my Starbucks drink? I love drink? caramel frappuccino. That was seriously <laughs> my drink. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what is Katie's? I'll tell you what people think of you. Go ahead. But no, what's my Starbucks drink? No, you tell me what do you order at Starbucks, and I'll see what baristas think of you. No, no, you uh, have to you have to call her on what her drink is. Sugar free French vanilla latte. You're a mom. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're a mom. That's all we think. You're a mom. Uh, but bartenders got together and they uh, they all concluded what types of people order certain types of drinks. So if you guys were at a bar right now, what would you order? And I'll tell you what a bartender would think of you. Uh, why don't we start with uh, Chris? What would you order right now? I'll see if I can find it on this list quickly. Uh, probably beer, but I feel like that's too simple. So I'll say, give me a Mexico mule. Uh, <laughs> a Mexican margarita. Margarita. Like margarita. A margarita. You're an old lady that wants to party. Usually uh, start with margaritas. <laughs> you're an old, you're an old lady. Let's do it, Chris. Let's go out together. Woo! Katie, what about you? Um, I like vodka. Okay. Well, in a, a vodka martini is as close as we can get yeah. to that. You're a fancy drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Oh, she's vodka Red Bull, dude. Okay. okay, in that point, at that point, you're an obnoxious white girl or a slender gay man. What? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think you're an obnoxious gay man. Deny that. That's just what it says here. Ouch! That's what they well, assume. I, I'm an old woman. I mean, anything vodka is either a, a white girl or a slender gay man. Jason, vodka would, soda with a splash of cranberries. Which is the actually same what thing. I do usually order is vodka soda with a splash of cranberries. Yeah, yeah. obnoxious but white girls. Start the night with the Red Bull. Get some energy going. This is yeah. what every bartender has said. Uh, yeah. Jason, what would you order? Uh, at a bar? Yeah. A beer. Uh, Whatever's on special. You're a dad who wants to ask 15 questions and try 15 samples. That's not true. <laughs> I'm a dad, yes, but I don't. But dad, they nailed that part. They got me on that. But oh, I would and just bearded. Like the one Sorry, cheapest. I missed that part, part. Bearded dads. I do like <laughs> a cheap beer. That's all <laughs> I really go what about uh, What about straight tequila? Because I was trying to... Yeah, that is... Thing. They just said uh, if you order straight tequila, it means you don't have to work tomorrow. 
What about a car bomb? Uh, um, Frat boy, right? That's not on here. Sorry. When's the last time you had a How car bomb? How is that not on there? Oh, I, I want to do a car bomb. What's a Pim's cup? A Pim's cup is... Oh, you have that. Do you have this list? It's what Pim's oh, you're on the from, and it's yeah. like the, yeah, gold-plated or whatever. Pim's um, cup is... Uh, it sounds like it's like green uh, schnapps or something. I don't know what that apple. is. Nothing. Nothing. Pinot okay. Grigio has no personality whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm not schnapps. What's the other one that was puckers? Green oh. apple puckers. That's fuck, Pins Cup. Who the fuck drinks puckers, puckers. anymore? Oh, I just want to like vomit. I anymore. drank that when I was like 15. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's I saw a white girl puke off puckers. Yeah. No shit. No. Everybody's seen a white girl puke off of puckers. <laughs> Next time we go to a bar, I want you to order puckers. <laughs> no. They're like, dude, you were not old enough to be in here drinking. <laughs> are you guys ready to go to a shitty uh, dive bar event? Like, oh my god, I'm so I can't down. wait. As soon as she's like, can't wait. This stupid uh, COVID's under control, man. As soon as we're vaccinated. Oh, did I tell you guys I got my vaccine? The Johnson oh, and Johnson Yay. one shot. Good. One and done. Huh? Oh, you got yep. Johnson and Johnson. That's lucky. the one to get. There you go. Well, I don't know if it's the one to get because it's 70 something, but it's get any. Uh, they, they bumped it up to 85. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. yeah. But it, like, it saves you from serious. Get any shot. Get any shot you can. Get any shot. They're all good. They're all good. Even if you still contract COVID and have some symptoms, they're mild at best. Yeah, like, exactly. Very like mild. That's you the, don't the die thing. and you don't go to the hospital. Yeah, like, yeah. And you only have to do one shot. That's the one to get. The yeah. 70, 80, 90, whatever, it doesn't matter. 100% you don't die. Yeah, get a shot. Get a shot. Wear a mask. 85% of the time it works every time. <laughs> I don't know. Much Tim Apple. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> I love that one. That one's better.